Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Thursday, April the 6th. And the big Easter getaway has started with bosses at the Port of Dover in particular, hoping to avoid a repeat of the queues that we saw last weekend as the schools broke up. Some passengers, you may remember, who were hoping to get on a ferry were left queuing for 14 hours when that caused long delays on roads in and around the town as well. Measures have been put in place to try and reduce disruption this time time around, coach travel is being staggered across three days. Temporary border controls are also in place and officials are coming over from France to process travellers. Well, Richard Henderson lives in Acliffe near Dover. He's been telling us how the disruption at the port has a huge impact on their lives. My girl, she goes to the project uh, carers centre down on the seafront. Uh, she'd normally go down on her own with the bus, uh, but on this occasion the buses were all cancelled. We couldn't get the car out because from the main roundabout coming into Acliffe, it's permanently blocked off. Uh, She doesn't do any school activities, so the only one activity she would do is with the carers group on a Saturday. So she really does look forward to it and not getting down there this Saturday. It's thrown her because she won't do anything now until next weekend. We are moving and I think more so for those reasons because we can be more central in the town. Uh, this area in Acliffe, I know it's part of Dover, but it does get shut off. The lorries, they probably start filling up round about Tuesday or Wednesday, and they're probably there for the best part of the week. You know, for the time I've been in Dover, most of my life, uh, nearly 50 years now, it's getting worse. Dover MP Natalie Elphick has posted on Twitter today that she's been calling on the port, ministers, Kent Police and the Kent Resilience Forum to ensure traffic runs more smoothly. She says she wants full staffing by French border officers, the police to actively manage traffic in the town, coach parking facilities to be made available and Operation Brock to be brought in quickly if needed. That, you may recall, is a traffic management system on the M20 where freight and coaches can park before crossing the channel. Well, at the time of recording the podcast, ferry operator DFDS had said that passport checks by French officials were taking up to 60 minutes and they were blaming that on high volumes of traffic. Roads Minister Richard Holden has also been speaking and says that last weekend's delays definitely can't be repeated. I think it was particularly important the Port of Dover issued some press releases yesterday making clear that their responsibility in dealing with this situation. I agree with them. I think the situation which has been there is unacceptable. I don't want to see uh, kids on coaches or families in cars uh, queuing up um, unnecess- and waiting uh, unnecessarily long periods of time. Port of Dover have made it very clear that there was a difficult situation there, that uh, there was some weather-related issues in the channel mm-hmm. as well. Um, but, you know, there's, and, there's gonna, and there's going to be uh, pinch points when they're at, uh, at peak times of the year and small things could knock those um, best laid plans off as well. Don't forget, across the whole of the Easter weekend, you'll be able to hear regular travel updates on our sister radio station, KMFM. You can also read our travel blog by heading to Kent Online. And one bit of good travel news over the Easter weekend is that there should be fewer roadworks to hold you up. National highways are lifting a total of more than 1,400 miles of roadworks across the country for the long weekend. More than 98% of motorways and A roads will be freed up. Kent Online News.
Other top stories for you today. And a 39-year-old man's been arrested after a woman was sexually assaulted in broad daylight in Ashford. She was grabbed by a man while walking along Norman Road last Wednesday afternoon. Police want any witnesses to come forward. Human rights organisations are criticising the use of a barge off the coast of Dorset to house around 500 refugees. The Home Office says it'll be significantly cheaper than using hotels to accommodate people who've crossed the channel to Kent in small boats. However, Tory politicians in the area are now threatening legal action. Well, earlier this week on the podcast, we heard from Kay Marsh from charity Samphire in Dover, who are very much opposed to the idea. However, the Prime Minister has come out and insisted it's the right thing to do. We can't have a situation we are collectively spending £6 million a day on hotels for illegal asylum seekers. That can't be right. I said that I would do everything I could to stop that and reduce the pressure on our communities from asylum seekers being in hotels, and that's what we're doing. The Mayor of Portland is Pete Roper. He says there's been very little consultation with the Home Office about the plan. We think that it will create a large impact on our existing local services, our health services, security services, i.e. the uh, policing. We don't think that there's a support network in place yet for these individuals. More than 148,000 illegal cigarettes have been found hidden in a secret tunnel in Gravesend. At Kent Online you can see pictures after sniffer dogs discover the tunnel behind a tiled wall in the basement of a store. It was during a two-day operation by Trading Standards, HMRC and immigration teams. Eight stores were visited in total. Almost a quarter of a million cigarettes and pouches of tobacco worth £76,000 were seized. Rubbish that had been building up outside a house in Canterbury for, would you believe, nine months has finally been cleared. People living on the Spring Lane estate feared they'd be bitten by rats if something wasn't done about the waste. The council say a problem with the door to a rubbish collection area was to blame. They have apologised and say they'll make sure it doesn't happen again. Kent Online reports. 60 jobs are set to go at P&O Ferries as they're changing their management structure. The GMB unions say they were only told at the last minute about cuts to leadership roles based Based in Dover. It comes just over a year after the mass sacking scandal where nearly 800 members of staff were made redundant without notice. P&O Ferries say it will allow the business to remain competitive while focusing on the long-term needs of customers. A Hernbay dad has staged a sit-in protest at McDonald's after a mistake with the meals he bought for his family. David Shepherd ordered £80 worth of food from the Chessfield branch through Uber Eats but when it turned up, some of the items were missing. Well, he said he was willing to sleep at the store and would stay until he gets what he paid for. If you head to Kent online, you can see a picture of him sitting on the counter at that Chessfield branch. However, he did eventually leave just before 11 o'clock last night after being threatened with arrest. Police say they were contacted at around quarter to seven and this is the statement they sent us. As no criminal offences were being reported, management were advised to try and resolve the matter amicably, but told to call back if they have any concerns for their safety and that of their customers. At around 8.20pm, the force received a second call reporting that a man had become aggressive. Patrols attended and spoke to the man who agreed to settle the matter. No offences were reported. We have also asked McDonald's and Uber Eats for a comment. A Medway mum has criticised the owners of a park for locking out anyone who doesn't live on the estate. Sarah El-Sayed tried to take her daughter to play on the swing 
Wings and Slide on a development off Elm Avenue in Chattenden. But when she got there, she found that the gate was shut and had a coded padlock attached. Now, the property management company say it's kept private for residents to stop any potential damage being caused. Well, you can head to Kent Online today to see pictures of the park and let us know what you think. Now, a new campaign is underway, aiming to support former servicemen and women in Kent for the next 100 years. The RBLI already provide accommodation for 350 veterans and their families at the Centenary Village in Aylesford, and there are now plans to expand the site. £100,000 is needed to build female-only homes and a community centre with accessible gym and IT suite. Former serviceman Raj Bisran is backing the project. Veterans who serve our country, they keep us safe, right? That's what they've been doing throughout history, keeping us safe. If anybody can put themselves in a position of being homeless, that in itself is bad enough. But being, uh, you know, injured or having a disability, a mental health issue, as on top of that, that really is a struggle. This kind of support is invaluable. I can't tell you how important it is. I went into the army when I was 17 years old. I was a, a keen sportsman at the time and I was told, you know, if you're good at sport, go into the army. Uh, I'm not sure whether, you know, at that time, at such a young age, it was the right thing to do, but I went in and I have to say that, you know, it was a, it was a good time for me. I, I spent four years. I, I suffered a little bit, uh, but, uh, you know, I got through it all. George Bradford is a resident and former serviceman. To be in a like-minded community is a great help because we speak the same language, um, we do the same things, we like the same things um, and life for me couldn't be better um, and I'd recommend it to any former serviceman. Without it I, w I do wonder what would I be doing. Um, may well not have been here by now because um, my wife had passed away, I was alone, large four bedroom house, bored to tears. Uh, not enjoying life really at all and then I sort of said to myself look there's something there's better than this so go and find it so go and find it I did and now thoroughly happy and life couldn't be better I'm enjoying the last years of my life because clearly at my age uh, I'm not going to have years and years and years to go so what I've got at the moment I thoroughly enjoy Planning permission for the development is already in place and you can find out how you can donate by heading to Kent Online. Kent Online reports. Bosses in Sevenoaks have agreed to borrow £2 million so they can reopen two leisure centres and a golf course. The facilities in Edenbridge, Sevenoaks and Lullingstone suddenly closed when the operator ceased trading last month. But it's not known when customers will be able to return as Sensio are yet to return the keys to the buildings. A former Woolworths in Faversham could be knocked down and replaced with flats. Developers want to demolish the site on Market Street and build 23 homes and a new retail space. The shop is currently occupied by Multisafe. Plans have been submitted to the council. Meantime, plans for a new little store in Medway have been given the go-ahead. It'll be built on a former landfill site off Roman Way and Cuxton Road near Diggerland. Supermarket bosses have said it'll create 40 jobs. A teenager who went viral on TikTok after picking up a cobblestone near Canterbury Cathedral is now called calling for it to be returned. The girl who runs the account at Aurorio Art says she took it as a joke for a video and put it straight back, but now the cobblestone has gone missing. This is what she's posted online. Hey everyone, I just want to have a quick talk. Um, I did not pick up that rock. I, I put that rock back. I just 
picked it up for the purpose of the video. I thought it would be a little bit funny, and then I put it back, which I shouldn't have done, and I'm sorry for that. However, some random person went and found my phone number from my Instagram account and sent me a picture of the rock that's missing. It's gone. That was not me. I don't know why the rock is gone, but if you have it, please put it back. I did not at all expect that video to get as nearly as much attention as it did. I definitely didn't think that it might put the idea into other people's head to go take the rock. Even putting aside that these cobblestones are really old and um, have a lot of history behind it, because I know there is a lot of discourse in that in the comments, someone's going to have to fill in the hole. It's feared it could have been stolen and Kent County Council say anyone who damages roads or pavements could face a £1,000 fine. Kent Online Showbiz. Siren from Kings of the Rollers and KTP have been on our sister radio station KMFM to talk about their new collab. They've teamed up for Paradise and have also been telling us about their plans for the upcoming festival season. Here's what they had to say to Numi on the show last night. How did this track come about? Like who called who? Who started it off? Yeah, so we we done uh, we had an instrumental track. It only had the like the the sort of the vocal vocal hook with the na na na's in it, <laughs> and um, we'd it'd been through quite a few iterations before we heard Katie was looking for some new music and um, sent a bunch, and that was kind of the one that the one that landed, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I heard it straight away, and I was like, yeah, this one is sick. Um, and yeah, I just felt it was like really uplifting and. Um, yeah, it just gave me such a great feeling and had so much energy. Like it was like, it feels happy, but also kind of melancholy as well. I don't know. I love, that's my favourite kind of tune. So I was really excited to write to it. There's like a little bit of drama to it as well, isn't there? There's like, there's there's a little bit of cinematicness to it that I quite like. Oh, thank you. I've yeah, that was it. kind of what we were going for. That's like a good, uh, good word to use. We were trying to get like a sort of cinematic, a little bit kind of dreamlike kind of vibe going on with it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, glad that came across. So was it quite, once you'd kind of got together, was it basically like, here's the bass track, Katie, you wrote the vocals over the top or did you like produce it a little bit? Was there a bit of back and forth? There was a bit of back and forth. I, I think I've changed the verses a few times. There was a few random words in there that kind of were a bit... I can't remember what they were, but I think that's like the third draft of verses. It just wasn't quite right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was really great to get the input from the boys, um, especially because, you know, you guys are out DJing quite a lot. Um, so it was, yeah, really important and valuable getting that feedback. Um, and I wanted to get it right, and I wanted everyone to love the track, so... Um, yeah, I'm really happy with with the finished product, definitely. It has been through so many iterations, I think, on like every single side. Like we'd kind of get a vocal draft, we'd change it a bit. It'd been through about four different drafts before it even got to you. I think, Katie, it's been like, <laughs> yeah. it's been one of those tunes that's like, sometimes you just write a song in a couple of hours and then it's finished. And, and this is like, we've really gone at it. And I'm just, I'm glad that um, it's been received so well. Yeah, bit of a labour of love, this one. Oh, amazing! Well, it's a it's such a good track. I love the music video for for it as well. Who came up with the concept? I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was the director Louis. Um, yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, amazing director, and it was just great because it was like basically going into the nu- It was filmed in a nuclear bunker that was built in like the seventies. 
Um, and so it was like all everything was kind of already set up, like all the kind of matrix green stuff was already there. And like, you know, the, it, the bit where I'm singing in like kind of like the red khaki outfit and the boys are in the background, that was like a radio station that was built, you know, just for, you know, just in case the end of the world or whatever, <laughs> you know, no big deal. So I've seen on socials that you've performed uh, the track live together. How was it like uh, performing together? What was the crowd reaction like? Awesome for us, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was great. Like, just something totally different for us to do. And, uh, yeah, Katie absolutely smashes it on stage. Like, so good to work with. Oh, yeah, it's 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 been a, such a blast. Like, I keep saying to you guys, like, I just want to hijack every festival and just <laughs> come come out on stage. Um, because, yeah, it's just always so much fun. Like, it's, like, nice because I'm at the end of the set, so I have the whole set to just, like, get gassed up and get excited, and then I'm just, like... Yeah, this is amazing. I'm always like in my element. It's been it's been a pleasure. If you missed the full thing, you can listen now by heading to kmfm.co.uk and clicking on podcasts. And Lily Allen's new TV show, which was filmed in Margate, is on telly from tonight. She plays a key role in the comedy drama Dreamland, which is also set in the seaside town. You can watch it on Sky and look out for some of the local landmarks, including the Turner Contemporary Gallery. Kent Online Sport. Football and the Lionesses continue their preparations for this summer's World Cup when they host Brazil tonight. The sold-out game at Wembley sees the European champions take on the champions of South America. Maidstone's Alessia Russo is expected to play for England and Gravesend-born Laura Coombs is also in the squad. Staying with football and it's a busy Easter weekend for Gillingham. Joining me now is our sports reporter Luke Cordell. And first Luke, after last weekend's defeat at Barrow, they'll be hoping to pick up points, won't they? They lost to a stoppage time goal, but were second best for much of the match, starting slowly after a poor first half. Um, they did improve, but um, it still wasn't really good enough. Um, but what a better way to get things back on track than a Good Friday match at Priestfield coming up. The Jills have turned their home ground into a bit of a fortress with seven wins from eight since the start of the year. Ticket sales are going well. The Rain of Men looks like it's going to be sold out again for the match. Um, the American owners are back in town. And um, Doncaster, the visitors, are in pretty poor form. Doncaster came down from League One with the Jills last season and are actually the best placed of the four who went down. But they're stuck mid-table, 12th place, and no chance of promotion or relegation for them. Um, with just one win in nine, Rovers are struggling of late. Um, the Jills look like they've put any relegation fears behind them, even though the gap to the bottom two was reduced from 12 points to nine at the weekend. With seven games left, it's unlikely they can get caught now. And then what looks like a very difficult trip to promotion, hopefuls Northampton Town on Monday. Northampton Town are second in the table and have only lost once in 13. The Jills are struggling to pick up away wins. Um, it's the home form that's made them safe, really. And if I was a better man, I'd go for a home win and away loss over Easter, but um, I guess it's never straightforward. Players are playing for new contracts. There's individual and collective targets to go for. The manager's also said he wants to go over the 50-point mark. They're on 44 at the minute. And the sooner they're mathematically safe, then the sooner they can plan for next season and start to put sort of their plans in place firmly for a new challenge and hopefully a promotion challenge next year. Luke, thank you ever so much. You'll be able to follow match action over the weekend at kentonline.co.uk. Plus, we'll have reaction to the results in bulletins on our sister radio station, KMFM. And in cricket, the season is underway for Kent. They're taking on Northamptonshire in the county championship at Canterbury. Tomorrow, fans have been given the chance to pay what they can afford for tickets. You might remember the Jills did the same thing and sold out Priestfield. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on 
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. And to sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. Whilst you're on the site today, you can read our latest Eat My Words food review. Plus, you can check out everything that's going on in Kent over the Easter bank holiday by clicking on the What's On pages. Hope you have a fantastic Easter. We'll be back with the podcast next Tuesday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.